Have the shadows of life gotten you down? Maybe it's time to move to higher altitude. Of course, you know you can't ignore the shadows. They have to be integrated because we live in duality and all of it's part of the same spectrum of life experience. We have a very amazing conversation today about duality and life and the gene keys and shadows and gifts and cities. And we welcome you to a conversation with Anne Round, who has written a book, Inspirations for Loving Life, and is a trainer of the Gene Keys. Join us to hear more. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to to join join Soul Nectar Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see see you you at our our next tribe tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those moments that lead us to a deeper understanding of who we are and what we came here for and what's this thing called life on earth and how do we get through it with some grace and ease and delight and all the beautiful high frequencies that we all desire. And we also got to go through those shadows too. We got to go through the shadows. We have to claim the gifts of those shadows. And that's how we get into those higher frequencies. It's, it's kind of like backwards from what one might think. It's always kind of paradoxical how we take this journey of life. And that's kind of what makes it interesting though, isn't it? I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. And these are the conversations I dedicated my life to. I remember years ago, I was saying, you know, I want to interface directly with God, source, creator, whatever that is. I want to be like a direct interface and and I want to share that truth from my heart and I want to be a messenger. And of course, why did I want to be all those things? Because that's what I'm designed to be in this lifetime. And so it's so interesting, this idea of choice and not choice. And are we really at free will or not? And are we just all doing what we're supposed to do? Because it feels good if we do what we're designed to do. <laughs> it's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? This thing we call life. And These are the kinds of explorations I love to lead people on just to understand themselves better. And so if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can go to my website, carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, and we can have a discovery call if you like and get to know each other. So today I am delighted to have on the show Anne Round, who was referred by my friend Linda Lang of the Thought Change podcast. And you may remember I interviewed on her podcast and she interviewed here on Soul Nectar Show. 
So I'll put a link so you can go check out Linda's interview as well. Since there is a mutual connection here, beautiful to uh, to introduce you to Anne. Welcome, Anne, to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. It's a delight to be here for a conversation. I'm really excited to have you here. I know that you are a lifelong learner and a transformational being walking your talk practically and magically every day. I love those words. A lover of life and committed light bearer for humanity. And I also know that you've uh, you've worked with the Gene Keys quite a bit. You've completed the uh, Gene Keys Golden Path, the Deep Dives, the Guides Program. I'm working on the Guides Program myself. It's very, very interesting, beneficial content for anybody who wants to mentor anybody else in any, anything spiritual, I believe. It's got good, some good advice in there. And also I see that you've got some natural healing arts and energy medicine and some vision seeking and shamanism and spirit medicine. So awesome to have all of that combined together. And I feel like they're all very compatible in my own walk. And that you have a new book coming out, Essences of Truth, Inspirations for Loving Life. So beautiful. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, my book was published in March 2020. And um, it's uh, so it's out there on all the appropriate places and people can do what they want with them. Beautiful. So, you know, the way I like to start my show is I like to just ask my guests to share a little bit about themselves and how they got started on this path or some unique, interesting story along the way that you'd like to share that you feel is relevant. It's wide open how you want to say how you got to where you are today, because, you know, we could go through all the moments, but it'd probably take a lifetime. So wherever you want to start, <laughs> share, us, share us something that maybe might be relevant for people going through what we're going through today in the world. Yeah, I kind of uh, came to this planet um, as an awakened being, actually, and um, then dimmed my light through my childhood, as many of us do, and uh, carried on through life and event- did physiotherapy, uh, physical therapy for my um, career. And at the time, about 25 years ago, I ended up having a lot on my plate and that's when I began meditation and that's where it started. And I, my initial looks at most things spiritual were a lot of things through Carolyn Mice and um, Norm Shealy because it was the healing arts and that uh, aligned with my practice as a healer. And um, then I got into shamanic work and uh, then I let myself do nothing for a number of years and uh, went back to actually sailing in my life. And then, um, then I retired and I got more and more into the Gene Keys and I learned to love myself in those years. And now I am here just shining my light into the world as best I can and helping those that appear. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I think um, the shamanic studies, I feel like there's a continuum where eventually people get into the shamanic studies to embody, really to get close to the planet. Yes. You know, I, I feel like there's a progression there. Talk about your own journey with that. So my journey in the shamanic world was um, doing more Hawaiian shamanism through uh, with Hank Wesselman. And it just taught me a lot about ordinary reality and non-ordinary reality <laughs> and how to journey, how to accept being 
just moving out of the out of the physical body into the spiritual world and things like that and gathering information and so it became um a great tool for me for my own healing so i was did a lot of my own soul retrievals and did family ancestral work i still do i still turn to the shamanic journey practice on traveling on the drum to do various healings of past lives or ancestral or you know personal things that are going on it's a wonderful door to that whole world and um at that time i did a lot of reading and different people so that was fun and uh it uh, offered great opportunity for me yeah shamanic journeying was um my doorway to beauty less suffering you know because before that my mind was so filled up with thoughts constant thoughts that would make me anxious and cause stress which of course now i know is because i was working in life's work of stress leading to uh, restraint leading to stillness right so i was getting these prompts like that's causing stress that means slow down and i would speed up because i thought stress meant go faster you know like and you know i was causing myself so much stress sitting at the stoplight i would sit at a stoplight and i'd have to count i'd have to start counting just to hold myself in place for the stop light which is only like 30 seconds or something 45 seconds Yet counting is an amazing way to stop your mind. Years ago, I would find myself just counting. Just, I mean, start at any random number. It's really crazy. You know, 62, 63, 62. And it's just like, wow, why am I suddenly counting? And it's an automatic way to stop the brain from and the mind from interfering. So it's like interesting that you used it at a stoplight because it's an excellent tool to actually consciously use when you're in a situation that uh, your mind is kind of taking over. It's one of the ways to drop away from the mind. Cool. Yeah, I don't know where I picked that up, but I was like, I would just do it just to comfort myself when I had to wait at a stoplight because I was just so like forcing my way through every energy stream there was to get to my desire, right? To just force my way through because I also have the shadow of force. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can start to see how they all play together. It's just like, wow. So you can do it. I've proven it, but it's, it's exhausting at the end of the day to go against the stream of, you know, the natural flow of what's happening and the timing of things is unnatural to force that. But you can do your, you can try and you can make a little headway and then you get, you know, <laughs> yeah. put back into the flow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I found that um, for me, the initial desire to want sort of calm was the really the key and that everything that opened up for me is that I just found everything made me calmer and calmer. And it was just really nice to see a bigger picture of the universe and the cosmos and know that there's more here than what we um, see right in front of our eyes. And so that was like really the sort of essence of what I learned in those times was just how to be calm. And I was really good at stopping at a stoplight and actually just taking two deep breaths and things like that. 
And it just was a great way to lead my life. That was, I owned a business. I had three children. I was, you know, like super, super busy and constantly on the go. But the meditation and the calming techniques and using those techniques at any time was just so critical on learning that I don't have to go and be in that stress point all the time. So deep breathing, calming, counting in your head, those things all moved me very nicely into a calmer place and a much more accepting place of what is actually happening in front of us. So, yeah. And I I love the aspect of um, the non-ordinary reality which to me becomes the normal reality. Like I feel like there's different realities in flow and there's different realities in the other higher mental reality that most people are in sort of less deep. There's a deeper reality is what I want to say, I guess. And the drum Mm -hmm. exposes that deeper reality and it's contextual. There's a lot of texture to it. There's a lot of nuance to it. There's imagination, there's senses. And there's just so much more happening below the surface if you're willing to go there. Yes. And um, in the Hawaiian shamanism, they, have, they talk of different levels and in, within us. And one is your ku, which is your real body sense and the earthly sense and things. And, you know, you have to, all of the levels need to be clear. clear. But the other level is your lono, which is like your talking head. So again, that's coming back into the mind. And so settling that mind, because the mind is a wonderful tool. It's an amazing tool. I could not communicate with you if I didn't have a mind, but it's here for us to create and to play and to research and to communicate. That's what our mind is here for. But what happens is we let that mind take over and we forget the non-ordinary reality where the coup is more attached to that non-ordinary reality. It's more your physical body knows that we're part of Mother Earth and that we're linked and interconnected at every level. So I, it's always that dropping out of the mind into the heart and... Um, doing so over time. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting practice. I'm sure as I, I'm sure you find that as I do that the mind has to be constantly observed and witnessed because it loves to play and carry us on journeys of um, its own devices. (laughs) It can be quite entertaining. At some point I, um, whenever I get into a new space, that's maybe an edge, an edge space, then the mind will get activated again And it's sort of trying to make sense of whatever this new unknown space is and trying to tell stories about it and create a narrative around it. And so it's always then that I sort of wanting to get my bowl of popcorn and just start, you know, just eating the popcorn and just, wow, look at this whole thing going on here. And really just not believing any of it. It's all just sort of going off in my mind and yeah. And I, and sometimes it's like really quiet when I'm not in an edge. So yeah. it's tempting to stay away from edges, but then I know that the edge is where the growth is. So. Yes. The edges. It's, are, it's a dance. It's a dance, always a dance. And um, it's that moving it in, moving into and moving away and 
reining in and letting yourself have more freedom too. So it's just that constant opening and closing that we kind of do in this world. And, um, you know, that's, that's how we need to move in this world. It's not going to change on this physical earth plane. As we bring in more and more light into our bodies and things like that, there will be shifts. And those are the changes that we're really experiencing right now. But at this moment of time, we are going to have that mind jump in and we're just going to be, we're still playing that polarity place. So that's like when the gene keys have the shadow, that's very much talking about the mind and then their gift is where we have our creativity. And then the city of the gene keys is very much our um, more higher self, our spiritual self, our soul self desires and, and beingness. So um, yeah, so I sort of just jumped into the gene keys there. No, I know. I'm glad you did. I love the gene keys. They're quite fascinating. You know, and this is funny because I teach the Mesa, which is a, a Indian shamanism. And it's a tool for having your personal power and discovering your soul's curriculum. And it's a guide for you so that you can work through your things in your life as they come up, having something tangible to hold on to, which are in the Andean philosophy are stones because, you know, way up in the Andes mountains, there's not a whole lot else. You know, there's a lot of stones, there's mountains and stones, you know, so, so they made use of the stones. They're like, cruel. And sure, these stones can help us. And they, they sure do. So in that path, there's these cloths. They have these different cloths. And one of the cloths is the duality cloth. And it goes inside your mesa. So your mesas, all your stones are bundled up inside these beautiful cloths. And one of them is this duality cloth. So one whole side is white and the other whole side is black. And on either side are these rainbow stripes. Because ultimately, we know that we're the rainbow you know, so, but we're in duality, we're in the duality. So we're experiencing human and spirit at the same time, as long as a lot of other textures in between. But in this duality, we can be very polarized. And so we did this interesting exercise with our guide in Peru this time in June. And um, he said, okay, take the, take the, we had two metallic balls inside of our mesa for a different purpose. It just helped balance the duality and balance the energies. He said, okay, take one of them and put it where you think you are right now. And most people, because we just began the retreat, put it in the, somewhere in the black part, you know, <laughs> like somewhere in the shadow, like I'm feeling shadowy. And then he said, now place the other one where you want to be. And everybody put it way over into the white side, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I put mine in the center line because I'm already savvy to this gift. <laughs> I was like, um, I'm in the center line. I was a little bit in the shadow, but I was like, I'm center line. So it's like, okay, because that's really like what the Gene Keys is talking about. I think whenever I started looking at the Gene Keys, what I saw initially was, oh, it's a progression. So I need to get from my low self where I'm at into my high self, right? And, and so I'm starting in this bad shadow place and I want to get to the good high frequency white space, right? Like I want to get out of this shadow and into the light. And I'm, I thought that was with a gig, right? And then I got through enough of the enough of the gene keys. I was like, oh, no, this is matching with what I'm learning from from my and, you know, my Incan path, which is that, no, you're going to go to the center line. And that's where the gift is. And so the gift is actually the highest and best good for your human self is to be in the gift and experiencing the you know, these polarities of the human mind and the spirit. So isn't that fascinating? I just love it. I think it's so cool. 
I love that um, double connection with your uh, with Inca work because that's exactly how I look at the gene keys too. For me, when I first started them, I really needed to look at the sort of cities and gifts. I needed to kind of ignore the shadows, which I realize not very many people do. Uh, most people seem to come into the gene keys right into the shadows. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. Which again speaks to our human nature of not accepting our gifts. But what I found is that when I looked at the gifts of the gene keys, I was like, oh, this is me. Wow. And I was, you know, I have like strength and delight and uh, realisms in there and commitments in there and um, self-assurance. And I thought, wow, these are all me. This is, it's really cool. And I just found for me, it was because I was very put down as a child or just didn't have the opportunity to blossom that the Gene Keys allowed me to blossom into the true light that I am because I suddenly looked at it and went, these are my gifts and I can bring these gifts to the world. And then of course, I look at the shadows too and sort of like go, okay, so where did I, I also have force, strength and majesty as Gene Key 34. It's actually my purpose. And I was like, okay, where is force happened in my life? Where do I force things? And I mean, usually it's with myself. I'm, I'm pretty accepting of other people and what they're doing. Although, you know, maybe years ago I was forcing my kids to do things, I guess, but (laughs) the, um, you know, so you see it and you also see how I, one of the ways I looked at force quite initially was how I was forced to accept the realities of my family of origin situation and their beliefs and their, because they have their beliefs that have come down their ancestral line. And it was just, that was really interesting to look at force in that action, that it was coming, being forced upon me as a child. And then of course, now I have the chance to hold all that with my strength, but to know that ultimately majesty is the thing. And I always relate that particular gene key to the mountains because um, it's, to me, it's like, it's also the mountain forcing through the earth layer and then becoming this amazing creature of our earth to just send us into awe. So I've just spent two weeks in the mountains. So I'm a little bit mountain um, energy right now, for sure. But um, it's just that majesty, that awe of this world that we live in and the situation that we are within that has really comes through with that key for me. Yeah, it's really interesting. You're talking about the mountains and the majesty you feel. And it's like, that was another message we got recently from our our guides was that that's what he does. He goes off into the mountains because he realizes, oh, I'm too much in the thick of the human shadow right now, like being in town, too much in the thick of the human shadow, too much in the thick of all this metote, which the Toltec call the metote, the, you know, in India, they call it the Maya, you know, it's like this illusion of, of reality that people are co-creating and some of it's at a dense frequency, you know, some of this reality that's being co-created is kind of like, a re- it's a reflection of the overall consciousness on the planet, right? So we could individually have a different consciousness frequency, but then when we look at what's happening collectively, it's like, a, it's kind of everyone's sort of matching each other. And so when you start to match that, you got to move up 
the mountain. You got to go up the mountain and be like, okay, I started matching this instead of holding my own frequency. I started matching with this other frequency that's going on on the planet that we're actually evolving out of. And so how can I be in service with that evolution, you know, and not from a place of judgment because I have judgment as my uh, purpose in this lifetime. So it's such a tricky one because I so can spot things that are out of alignment and things that could have more integrity. I can totally spot things that are not quite perfect and could be perfected. And it's like, it's depending on the energy with which I'm communicating that it's like either stings or it feels good, like like an aha, like, oh, I could have more integrity that way. Awesome. Or it, or it lands like you're a bad person. You know, like it depends on how I'm holding it, right? And also how the person can receive it. Because if they're in a space of judgment of themselves, it's hard to receive, you know, insight. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest, I mean, yes. You know, for me, my biggest path has to become over my, overcome my personal judgment of myself, and I think that in that, how I actually tend to words I tend to use for that is, and um, I've learned to love myself. And I, I feel that most everybody needs to, at some point, learn to love themselves so that they can love others with purity, you know, and without judgment and without limitations. And I do agree that we do get caught up in that density and we um a word that uh, comes to mind is we entrain with the density so we just go along on the same track and then you know it does take something to shift we need to shift and change our environment so going up the mountain or whatever to then entrain more with the um higher altitude frequency type thing so that's, um, I think that is essential for anybody on the planet who is, might consider themselves a light worker or a star seed or whatever word we want to use for those of us that are shining our light into the world to help the collective consciousness rise. But within that, we do have to take care of ourselves. And, um, you know, as a physical therapist, I've always said to people, you have to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. And then I've translated that more into you have to love yourself to love others. And one of those pieces, just I'll throw it out right now, is that I always consider love light of vitality everywhere. So I actually know that for myself, that light is source light, is love it is the vital energy we all need to sustain ourselves on this planet and anywhere else in the universe for that matter, because we all come from that single point of source and that is love. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that the shadow is part of our light, right? Like it's part of, like there isn't anything outside of God, you know, if we want to use that word or source or whatever, it's, it's all that there is nothing outside of it at all. It's the same Thing, but it's like this interesting matrix. But what I did notice is that if I'm in training myself without realizing it, like it's it can sneak up on me that I have been in training with a lower frequency. And then I'll need a something like very obvious from spirit. So Carrie, you've been in training with <laughs> go get high again. Like go get to the mountains go get high, it, you, you, however you want to do it, go get high again, because you just entrained 
trying to meet people because I have such empathy. I like to meet people where they're at and I want to talk their language and I want to help support, you know, this evolution process. And so I find myself getting entrained with sometimes these lower frequencies and then getting snagged and ensnared in it. And then my brain is like starting to operate in that old way. And it's like, oh, wait a second, I've got to catch that whenever it's happening and go and train myself. So this time what the guides did is they put, I thought they were termites, but they were actually post a powder post beetles in my shamanic white buffalo drum, like in the wood. Mm -hmm. So I've been battling those now for the last five days to get them out of there. And it's like, okay, that was a big lesson. Cause I will, you know, that's a lesson for me about how, if you let the negativity, and when I say negativity, I just mean like, you know, lower vibrational thought patterns. If you let them start to be part of your normal entrainment, they'll actually start eroding the fabric of your you know, your being, like it'll just start putting ant holes all up inside, you know, or post beetle holes, like all inside your drum, you know, and now, now your drum is like, it's going to get wobbly if it, if they do it too much. So you've got to be able to, to stop that process. So I'm in the process of repairing my drum and my heart right now. So I like in training at a higher level, right? So getting back to that, that higher, that middle ground at the very least, you know, and not getting so sucked down into these other vibrations. Absolutely. And I think it's worth mentioning many ways one can do that. Um, You know, dance, music, there's, you know, we don't all have to leave our home and um, go to the mountains or go on holiday or something. We can do this at home through music, through just pausing, taking time for ourselves, and then doing our own work of inquiring and um, being gentle and uh, patient with ourselves. And those are, you know, gentleness, uh, inquiry, patience, gentleness, and contemplation are all gene key um, sort of principles that, uh, you know, are well worth following and uh, the and the pausing and uh, pivoting and uh, merging that uh, is talked about in the art of contemplation is, uh, again, um, that's kind of the route that I sort of have done. At one point, I actually did get to the point where I sort of said, you know, I, I just want to stay home. I don't want to do any courses. I don't want to do anything. And I just want to do my work at home. And, um, you know, I sort of said my, my joke was I want to become enlightened in Gordon head, which happens to be an area I live in, in Victoria and BC. And it was just like, I really rooted that I wanted to do this at home. I didn't want to have to go away all the time to raise my energy. So, um, you know, and it, it, it is a work and it is a choice and it is a way of being, you know, walking into the world well, you know, knowing you have protection around you for sure. I still believe in some protection of, um, I use protection of roses around me because they're a little bit lighter than some things like solid white light or something like that, that some people do. And, but within that protection, I'm going out into the world with that. This is going to work all is well. You know, if something is bothering me, this too will pass. And, um, you know, it, Sometimes I think it's like, yeah, you've got little rose-colored glasses on, but I don't. I've been in the trenches. I know what's out there. And instead, I choose to come at it knowing the magic is supporting me, that the guides are supporting me, that my higher self is supporting me. And um, so bringing that into the human condition, as opposed to, that was the one thing about the shamanic journey is what I was always going out into non-ordinary reality. 
But really what I want now is I want that non-ordinary reality to descend into my life and be a part of what I am here. And, uh, and it's, um, it's amazing and it's magical. So, you know, I just had this one magical thing that happened. I met this woman in a restaurant in Kenmore, BC, who I taught sailing to probably 40 years ago um, in Nova Scotia which is the complete other side of Canada. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, these amazing magical things start to occur in your life when you um, can accept that we are more and then learn to bring that in into your own clarity of your life and around your life. I definitely agree with you. I think um, what's interesting to me at this moment is that there's different frequencies in the land, actually. So you were talking about going outside to have that experience. And immediately I was thinking about going to Peru. And then you were saying, oh, I want to do this at home. And then I was immediately brought, reminded of my mentors who uh, who said, well, Carrie, you know, you don't have to go to Peru to have this magic. You, you can have it at home, right? This whole thing. But there's something about the sacred valley. And it's about the specialness of that place on the ley lines of the planet and the history of that place and the fact that there's never ever been a pause in people honoring the land there like forever unbroken has been people who knew mama earth pachamama as they call her was real alive and conscious and they never stopped honoring her and talking to her and they never stopped talking to the mountains and they never stopped talking to the the rocks, the medicine stones. They always unbroken tradition of honoring the earth. And when that happens, that is that creates an aliveness that is palpable in a space like that. And just the land itself. I mean, it's wonderful going to the monuments and to the sacred temples and things like that where you really, 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 really feel it. But like, you know, in the land itself, just being on the mountain hike, it's like, wow, this place is alive. And so then when I came home this time, because it was so, talk about non-ordinary reality, I was so high, I might as well have been floating out in space. And then I come home from that trip and try to integrate all of that magic back here in the density of the United States in Texas at my house in a subdivision where I live surrounded by people that don't do any of this work. And so I'm like this big, bright bubble of light in the midst of a whole lot of density. And it just wears on you after a while. It's just like, even if you want to create this magic, which I have, I feel like I have been able to create that with my husband at our property, at our home, even though it's surrounded by, you know, a lot of other things, it's a new dream. Like you're creating a new dream inside of an existing construct where people are very attached to keeping that idea. And here's this new light dream, like trying to flourish inside of all of this stuck matrix of, well, this is the way it's always been because I'm conditioned and I'm not even inside my body. So I had to have grace for myself that this is, you know, the magic that's alive in Peru was created over, you know, thousands of years of worship of the land. And this process got stalled out um, you know, in my little neck of the woods about a few hundred years ago. So yeah, I'm like rekindling something that got stalled out three or 400 years ago on this land. Yes. 
And that is exactly what each of our jobs are on this earth. And it is to go and get fueled up, shall we say, and um, then return. But it is not to stay there. Um, and the mountains. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, tempting. I've been like, I could just go live in the Sacred Valley and my life would be so much freaking easier. And if anybody wanted to see me, they could just hop on Zoom and do all my classes <laughs> from there. And then I get to be happy. And instead, I'm like, I know that I'm meant to be here in this subdivision. This house was my house. Like it was meant for me, right? So I'm supposed to rekindle this in the middle of all this density. <laughs> so in my life, my, my potential example of that is that um, I did a lot of sailing and I went as a, as a child and a young 20s, et cetera. And I went back to sailing when I was about 45 and I spent about seven years doing um, race team with my kids and sailing in a dinghy and and I would go out sailing and my aura would get completely blown open with the wind and the sun and the water. And I was just, this it is totally one of my elements. So, and then, but I then had to come home and like make dinner and just do all of those things. But what I learned over that period was that one of my jobs is to be happy at home. And now how can I create that? How, first of all, I need to have that intention that I'm going to create, I'm going to be a happy being wherever I am. And I don't need to just go all the time out and have my aura blown open and everything to do that. I needed that for a period, but I don't find I need that as much now because I create that in my own life. And I know, and what you were also talking about is that we are role models for the vision that is has potential to completely unfold and probably will over who knows what time. We don't know timelines. But that, you know, the fact that you've come back to your house and you're so full of all that, like, we also don't know how that big, huge ball of light that you are right there in your neighborhood. We don't know what it's doing to Mrs. Jones three doors over. She doesn't either, maybe but it's doing something. And so often we have to let go of expectations of what our actions or our presence is even doing in the world. And we need to just let the light flow in. We are light. It, we ask, I ask for it to heal whatever it needs to heal within me. But then the light travels out from me. And it is not my business where that light is going. That light has its own journey. Yeah. And then I just need to fill up my tank again. <laughs> because, yeah, because like, it's the entrainment thing. You know, it's like, I feel like this is the work. You're right. I mean, this is the work is like, can I hold the entrainment of Alsengate, the holy mountain, and be right here in the middle of my town, my suburb, and hold that frequency mm-hmm. and shine my light and be like, well, this, you know, this is a, I know, I realize as I walk by people, because lately what I've noticed is people like, they see me and they get out of the way. They're like, oh, they're like, woo, you know, like there's just something about my, and my work field or something that they're just like, that's different. They sense the difference of it, right? And it and because it's different, that they get scared, right? Because generally speaking, or they feel like they need to move along because usually people get pushed forward, right? So isn't that interesting? 
That's I've just been noticing it and laughing. Like, because when I walk along, I find it's, I love it. I find that all of a sudden there's this connection, energetic connection, and potentially eye contact or not, or just a little smile, but they have a little, they'll get a little smile. And I know then I'm going, oh, that that's just, hey, just been showered with a little bit of lovely light and, uh, and things. So I've, I've found that in actual fact, as I move through the world, that I, I get this awareness that my light is going and benefiting them. And that d- your light is probably benefiting them, but that particular person needed a bit of fire or a bit of jarring or something like that. Because, you know, we do need to be moved from our density in some manner. So if if that person, your job in comparison to like what I'm seeing for my job at this present moment is that I seem to just, you know, I see that and I see how it's benefiting people and, and I trust that a hundred percent and what you're doing though. And, and I mean, that's not surprising. You're definitely a firecracker. And so you're <laughs> goes in and creates a little like boing within everybody. And then they're like, Whoa, what do I do with that? But again, it doesn't matter because it <laughs> happened and you need to not take it at all personally. Exactly. That's what I work is, on. We've all learned I, those lessons. That's why I study the at four the, agreements continually because I have to remind myself, it's like I am here for a purpose. And in, and in my shamanic healings, I'm excellent at unstucking energy. That's what I do. I unstuck stuck <laughs> places. So like, just imagine I'm walking through the store and somebody's got something stuck and then all of a sudden it just by being there. I don't even, I'm not trying to do that to them. It's just happening. (laughs) They're like, I got to get out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it is about getting out of the way and just letting that love, light, whatever you want to call it comes in and it goes out, but it's going out doing its own tasking. So it's picking person A or B to cause of little explosion (laughs) and catalyze and it's beautiful, but you know, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be feeling responsible for what is happening. Our responsibility is to keep our vessel and our flow within clear and pure as best we can so that that can continue to happen. And that's the way we can change the world. Yeah. And trust the process. And, you know, and I just, for myself, I just remind myself way back, there's um, this nutrition coach. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but I was in her presence for a moment. She's got a huge audience and she's very, very like fit and put together. And her auric field is like so strong. And I stood maybe just like a foot away from her and felt like I needed to stand back like a few more feet because that's how strong her auric field was, it was like, whoa, like you are really powerful. And I remember my feeling in that moment was feeling like she's got so much power and I feel like a little wimp standing next to her. Like she's just like, she's so together. And I, now I know it's like, then I try, I remind myself of that. It's like, it might, maybe they're experiencing me. Like I used to experience this woman who was, because I do take care of my body and I do take care of my energy field. And I am like pumping myself full of light all the time. And and I take care, I don't eat sugar and all that kind of stuff. I'm taking care of myself now. So I'm getting strong. And when you feel that strength in someone, that sovereignty, it kind of wakes you up because it woke me up when I was like, wow, you're, 
I don't know that I can actually stand right next to you. <laughs> like You're really powerful. My experience with that is people looking me straight in the eye and then wanting to cry. Yeah. And then realizing that like that person's a role model for me. And then just, you know, maybe doing whatever, finding out more about them or whatever, but that, you know, this is what I want to be. And I'm having a few little tears about it. You, in your case, are having a bit of judgment about it before years ago. Um, And it's because I don't feel worthy yet of being that sovereignty that that they are. And so, you know, that is, that was years ago. And now I'm probably the one looking at people's eyes and making them come oh, sometimes yeah, people cry all the time. or whatever, who knows? <laughs> they cry all <laughs> the time. Me. Me. Anyway, that's because you get access to your love in your heart. And that's like, you know, yeah. that's home. It's like, you're, I think we're reminding people what home is and, and everybody wants to be home. Even if they're saying they don't want to go home, they really do. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Absolutely. We're all going home. We're walking we're each other home. home. We're walking each other home. We're returning to love. We're doing that. You know, we're doing it on every level. We're doing it cosmically, universally, galactically, solarly, and humanly. And um, every level that we're returning to love. And that is our home. And that is our source. And it's the um, Richard Rood will talk about it as the one point within that we're all, that's our point from which we are connected and interwoven in the tapestry of life. It's very beautiful. And there's so much potential there as we unite and more and more of us get to communicate and share and have conversations like this, because, you know, 20 years ago, these conversations didn't happen unless you could afford to travel to somewhere and do things like that. Now the access is huge for people to learn and to have the experience they have and trusting that, you know, what information comes their way is what they need. So it's just, it's, it's so exciting to see this evolution. You know, we live in interesting times. Yes. But there's two sides to interesting and there's that shadow, more dense side. And there's this potential side that holds creativity and joy and love and peace. And it's just, uh, I don't know, makes my heart sing. Yeah. It's all what you make of it. And we have plenty to make of it right now. So there's all this opportunity, like you said, and yes, things are changing and we're being kind of forced into that change and change can be amazing. I mean, I've, adopted change is my mantra over the last 10 years and my life is awesome, you know? And so I just encourage anybody, if you're listening to just embrace the change that's coming your way, embrace all the the things that are being brought to you. And even if they're uncomfortable and just take the journey because you never know what you might find. And the, you know, the gene keys are definitely so fascinating. And there's lots of other ways to explore yourself as well. Um, I just want to encourage everybody to pick up um, Anne's book, Essences of Truth, Inspirations for Loving Life. Is that on Amazon, Anne? Yes, it's on Amazon. And it's an, there's an audio book also. There's an audio book too. So you can get that on Audibles. So anything else you want to share as uh, just a parting words or um, wisdom or encouragement for people as they move through this pandemic time? Yeah, I think that... Um... What I'd like to share best is just a little exercise that I do whenever I'm walking. And it's just that as I walk, I step 
with one foot, I go love. And the next foot, I go joy. And the next foot, I go peace. And then it reverses feet as I go. And so it, it's just a little way for people, if you do this little thing of as you walk and each step, say a word. And it, I use peace, love, and joy. If someone's into the gene keys, they might use their three gene keys. Or they might pick three gifts or something and just be walking those words. And that, that way is a way of pausing and paying attention to what we're encouraging in our lives. So, and I just, uh, you know, this world is an amazing place and there's some horrible things going on. And what we are asked to do is love it as it is and pray, you know, prayer for um, bringing in better light for those that don't see it yet. And so that would be my prayer for the world. Beautiful. Thank you, Anne. I love that practice. My teacher, uh, Jose Stevens, I, I study also with the Power Path, and he had this practice he gave us at pilgrimage last year. Same kind of thing is as you're stepping, say here, now, new, free. And I did that all the way up the mountain. And I was like, wow, this is really helping me with my presence. So that's about presence and about staying present, you know? And I feel like that's what these words are and these frequencies. They are actually frequencies, all these gene keys, gifts and everything. They're, they're embodied. You can feel it in your body when you activate them. Very cool. Okay, well, so people can check you out um, at the book and then they can also look at your website. You have a website? Yep, anround.com. Anround.com. And with an E. <laughs> and I see that you have um, a free PDF called a meditative moment to expand your DNA blueprint when people sign up for your newsletter. That's awesome. So anround.com, A-N-N-E, round.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom in this beautiful conversation. I so appreciate you. Thanks for being with us, Anne. Thanks for having me, Carrie. It's been a delightful conversation. And um May all people enjoy the love that there is for them. Beautiful. So listeners, uh, please like and share and comment, subscribe, follow, whatever the words are. <laughs> Do it like for the podcast so we can uh, get out there even more and have more people receive these messages and get on a, a new kind of rabbit trail than that, you know, whatever computer games they've been squirreling away with their minds, like, or their little phone games. Like, let's get on a new rabbit trail of like, self-development, you know, and, and like ascending the planet and, and embodying these higher frequencies and being in our gifts and things like that. That's just like, I think it's going to change the ecosystem, the more people that come along. And I appreciate you doing it and, you know, sort of entice more people into this journey and this conversation. So, so the load is lightened and we all can benefit. Uh, so please do that for us. And thank you so much. And here come kisses. Would you like to help me give kisses to people? we love you love you we love you everybody have a great week see you next time on soul nectar show bye for now if you found even one gold nugget in this episode of soul nectar show will you do us a favor will you subscribe like and share this episode maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it we really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, 
Visit soulnectar.show. Soul Nectar Show. Awaken, 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 aw